This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. Well, if you look at the at least the days of the week and at Holy Mass, the color has changed from white, which we see liturgically in the Easter season, to green. We've actually come into ordinary time. But the next Sunday following Pentecost is known as the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. So as we look at our scriptures today and we hear the readings, we're going to hear a little bit about the reflection of the mystery of the Holy Trinity. So listen carefully, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper into some of these readings and hope and invite you to do the same because we get to see the relationship between God and his people throughout time and history that we can acknowledge it through sacred scripture. And we get to see that grow more and more over the centuries. So let's begin. And I want to start with the collect that is prayed at the beginning of this solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. Let us pray. God, our Father, who by sending into the world the word of truth and the spirit of sanctification made known to the human race your wondrous mystery. Grant us, we pray, that in professing the true faith, we may acknowledge the trinity of eternal glory and adore your unity, powerful in majesty. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Our first reading comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 34. Early in the morning, Moses went up to Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, taking along the two stone tablets. Having come down in a cloud, the Lord stood with Moses there and proclaimed his name, Lord. Thus the Lord passed before him and cried out, The Lord, the Lord a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity. Moses at once bowed down to the ground in worship. Then he said, If I find favor with you, O Lord, do come along in our company. This is indeed a stiff-necked people, yet pardon our wickedness and sins, 
and receive us as your own. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm comes from the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our fathers, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. And blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you in the temple of your holy glory, praiseworthy and glorious above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you on the throne of your kingdom, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Blessed are you who look into the depths from your throne upon the cherubim, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Glory and praise forever. Our second reading is a reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 13. Brothers and sisters, rejoice. Mend your ways. Encourage one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the holy ones greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The word of the Lord. The gospel reading for the Solemnity of the Holy Trinity comes from the gospel of John, chapter 3. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, as I said, today is the solemnity of the most holy trinity. And in fact, uh, as I was looking in the In Conversation with God book, it just gives us a tiny bit of the history of how this particular solemnity came about. And it simply says this, this feast was established for the Latin church by Pope John the 22nd to be celebrated on the Sunday after the coming of the Holy Spirit, which is the last of the mysteries of our salvation goes on to say, today we can say many times, savoring at the prayer, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. So we have this beautiful solemnity to remind us and to give us a sense of a time liturgically to ponder the great mystery of the Holy Trinity. And so I want to go back into the book of Exodus and this wonderful reading 
from Exodus chapter 34. And actually, I went into the scriptures and I, I would invite you to do the same. If you go into the book of Exodus, um, chapter 34 is a beautiful chapter of the renewal of the tablets, the tablets referring to, of course, the Ten Commandments. And so chapter 34, if you read the whole chapter, it gives you a little bit more sense of what we heard today. We heard just a, a small portion of that, but this is again this amazing interaction between God, our creator, and Moses. And God in this particular um, scripture identifies himself as Lord. He proclaims his name, Lord. There's a conversation between Moses and God. And in fact, this is obviously Moses is very upset with the people. God is very upset with the people because when Moses came down from the mountain before Moses saw their infidelity and they're starting to, you know, create other gods. And so God is now going to give Moses again, the 10 commandments. And you'll hear, if you read in the rest of chapter 34, what these, what these 10 commandments are, I think it's just beautiful that Moses and God have this interaction and Moses at the close of the reading we hear today, he's inviting God to come with him and with the people, you know, Oh Lord, do come along in our company, you know, the boldness, but also the humility of Moses to ask realizing we're such a wicked people. We so quickly falter into our own pride, into wanting to do it our way. Uh, we've seen this over and over again with the example of the Israelites here with Moses. And yet Moses is going to speak for the people and ask the Lord to, to be with us and to receive us as your own. And the Lord says, What's beautiful about this reading, remind ourselves that the, the Lord says he's merciful and gracious, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity. And so I just want to invite us to remember that as we may be tempted to think, oh, God is a God of, of punishment. Yes, God is a God of justice and there are consequences for our evil actions. That is the truth. And yet God has a place for us in his heart. And at the close, uh, as, as the Lord is speaking, it, this is beautiful. The Lord says to Moses, just after the reading that we have, which is about verses 10 through 11, God says, Be, um, here then, said the Lord, is the covenant I will make. So the Lord is again giving us these words through Moses, what the covenant will be. Before the eyes of all your people, I will work such marvels as have never been wrought in any nation anywhere on earth, so that this people among whom you live may see how awe-inspiring are the deeds which I, the Lord, will do at your side. But you... Here's the clincher, but you on your part must keep the commandments I am giving you today. So yes, the Lord is a glorious and gracious and merciful and kind Lord, but he also asks us to follow him in his love and fidelity and following 
him. And he's shown his way, as I was listening to some reflections on this feast, this the, the Trinity, we have God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. God, the Father is seen as the creator. And here in this example of the reading of Exodus, we really see the Father in this role of creator. He's created his people. Now, when we come to the New Testament, we are introduced to God, the Son, in Jesus, who is our Redeemer. We see Jesus's incarnation. We see Jesus's life and embrace of ministry, full ministry in that he comes to heal. He comes to preach and he eventually comes to shed his blood to redeem us from our sins. And then we have God, the Holy Spirit, which we just celebrated with the gift of Pentecost. And I hope these days of of, quote, ordinary time are days that you invite the Holy Spirit to grow deeper in your heart. The Holy Spirit is the sanctifier, is the one who reveals the truth. And so when we go back to the reading of St. Paul, St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 13, this is the close of the letter of St. Paul. And so if you if you look at what's happening here the Corinthians are going back to their evil ways. They're going back to sinful ways. They're going back to very prideful, wicked ways. And, and in fact, the beginning of chapter 13, Paul says, this third time I'm coming to you. It's almost like a parent who maybe is talking to a teenager who has time and time again um, disobeyed the family rules. Maybe it's driving beyond curfew, uh, staying out late at night, you know, whatever it might be, or just misbehaving. And here's Paul. This is the third time I'm coming to you. On the testimony of two or three witnesses, a fact shall be established. And he's he's kind of shaking his finger at them, but with love, because he's reminding them about the love of Jesus Christ. So we hear in this a bit of final warning and final invitation to this is how we live our lives because Christ revealed himself to us in the man, in his divinity and his humanity. He lived for us. He died for us. He became our redeemer. And so Paul is asking the people for indeed he was crucified out of weakness. He's talking about Jesus, but he lives by the power of God. There's this relationship between God and Jesus. So also we are weak in him, but toward you, we shall live with him by the power of God. And what power is that that we receive or of the Holy Spirit? Examine yourselves to see whether you are living in faith is what Paul says in chapter 13, verses five. How can we examine ourselves? to see if we are living in faith through the Holy Spirit. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? This is the truth of the gift of the Holy Trinity. Jesus Christ lives in us. Our Redeemer lives in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is just praying for his people not to return to evil. He says, but we pray to God that you may not do evil, not that we may appear to have passed the test, but that you may do what is right, even though we may seem 
to have failed, for we cannot do anything against the truth. Again, the truth is revealed and clarified through the sanctifier, the Holy Spirit, but only for the truth, for we rejoice when we are weak, but you are strong. What we pray for is your improvement. You know, Paul, with a loving heart, as any parent wants the improvement of their children. And so then Paul has this, this, this final message to the Corinthians. And it's a message to us. Mend your ways. Are you harboring a grudge against someone? Are you harboring a, a grudge uh, or guilt on yourself? Maybe you're sorrowing in some sin and you haven't brought it to the Lord in confession. Mend your ways. Encourage one another. Do you criticize? Do you complain? Do you, in, in your mind, look at other people and, oh, why is she wearing that? Why is he doing that? Why did he say that? Do we criticize with our thoughts and our words? Or are we encouraging and loving one another? Paul says, agree with one another. Have peace. Live in peace are the next words. And the God of love and peace will be with you. It's a call to unity. It's a call to peace. It's a call to love. It's a call to forgiveness. This is the presence of the Holy Trinity in our lives. Greet one another with a holy kiss. That's not having harboring any, any type of grudges or problems with one another. This is hard for our culture and our society. But this is the beauty that we hear, and you hear it in the Holy Mass every day. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. That line that St. Paul writes in the final line in his conclusion of the letter to St. the Corinthians is this beautiful message we hear prayed by the priest in the Holy Mass. As the Eucharist comes to us, true body, true blood, true soul, true divinity of Jesus Christ. What a gift. And so we have in the letter of St. Paul, these beautiful words that reflect Jesus, the Redeemer, the Son. But we also have in the gospel, I love this gospel of John and so many people, it really is the kernel of the kerygma of, of what our faith is all about, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Those are such beautiful life-giving words. But look at the context of how Jesus is saying this, because now Jesus is bringing out such a bigger message. He's talking to Nicodemus. And if we start with chapter three, the beginning of chapter three in the gospel of St. John, there's this dialogue that brings up spirit and truth. Again, in Lent, we heard this question about spirit and truth. I think about the Samaritan woman who, who says, yes, we've been taught about the spirit and that the Messiah will come in spirit and truth. And then here's Nicodemus, a Pharisee. He's very knowledgeable about the teachings of God, a ruler of the Jews. And he recognizes Jesus. In fact, he says to Jesus, you know, you are doing things that only could happen by God's permission. 
for no one can do these signs that you are doing unless God is with them. So Nicodemus is perplexed. He hasn't quite fallen into the arms and the heart of Jesus yet. And he says, you know, you are doing these things. I think he's truly seeking. He's truly seeking the truth. And there's just something that his humanity is holding him back. And Jesus says, amen, amen. I say to you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. We need that gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, this dialogue is before Jesus's passion, before he became the redeemer for us through his death on the cross, and then the witness of new life in the resurrection, and then his his instruction to the, the apostles, I must go ascend into heaven, but I must also send you the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. This is the completion of the Holy Trinity. It's not like the Holy Spirit has been waiting somewhere. No, the Holy Spirit has always been as the Father and the Son have always been. But we see them revealed throughout time and history and even documented in sacred scripture. The word of God reveals the truth of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Trinity, of the Creator, the Redeemer, the Sanctifier. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of spirit is spirit, says Jesus in John 3, 6. Do not be amazed that I told you, you must be born from above. We need the Holy Spirit. That's why we can't just... just move from the the feast of Pentecost and say, well, that's it. No, the Holy Spirit now is always with us. In fact, we were given the gift of the Holy Spirit at baptism. We were given the Holy Spirit in a new and revitalizing way at confirmation. And every time we receive that Holy Eucharist, every time we call upon, come Holy Spirit and really receive the gifts and use them. You must be born from above. I love this. The wind blows where it wills. Now, I live in a town where it is really windy. And with the, the sun, it seems we have we have an ocean breeze and we have the rivers that affect the winds. And we see the wind and we see the effects of the wind. All of a sudden, the chairs on our back patio fall over. You know, that was the wind. So listen to this. The wind blows where it wills and you can hear the sound as it makes. I don't know about you, but boy, sometimes that wind really amazes me. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. It's true. It is it coming from the ocean? Is it coming from the the the, the rivers? Is it coming from those trees across the street? I don't know. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. It's a mystery. And Nicodemus is still struggling, you know, and the Lord continues to talk with him. And this is what's beautiful is that those who seek the truth, I believe Nicodemus is seeking the truth. The Pharisees were seeking the truth, but they held on to themselves as the truth. Well, we must know all the truth. And Nicodemus is trying to break through. And so many people out there in the world today and throughout all history are seeking the truth. And here's the truth right here. For God so loved the world. God's love is so great that he gave his only son that from all time, Jesus 
has lived as our Redeemer. So that everyone who believes in Jesus might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Again, not to be condemning, but but he loves us. But that the world might be saved through the Redeemer. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned. Here's the clincher, because he has not believed in the name of his only son or of the only of of only the son of God. So we need the Trinity, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. Chapter three, verse 21 says this, but whoever lives the truth comes to the light so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. So awesome. I want to close with this final thought from the In Conversation with God. And there's some really beautiful meditations here about the Holy Trinity, but this meditation is from St. Augustine. So I think to to hear the words of our early church fathers and great doctors of the church helps us to know that this is so important and to put our minds and our hearts to rest in the Holy Trinity. St. Augustine says this, it says, we finish this time of prayer repeating in our hearts with St. Augustine. And here's St. Augustine, my Lord and my God, my only hope, hear my prayer so that I may not give in to discouragement and cease to seek you. May I desire always to see your face. Give me strength for the search. You who caused me to find you and gave the hope of a more perfect knowledge of you, I place before you my steadfastness that you may preserve it and my weakness that you may heal it. I place before you my knowledge and my ignorance. If you open the door to me, welcome the one who enters. If you have closed the gate, open it to the one who calls. Make me always remember you, understand you, and love you. Increase those gifts in me until I am completely changed. Amen. When we come up into your presence, these Many things we talk about now without understanding them will cease and you alone will remain everything in everyone. And then we will sing as one an eternal hymn of praise and we too will become one with you. We're grappling with this mystery. And we need to continue to grapple with the mystery. And we need to continue to pray for those who search. Give me the strength for the search. This reminds me that, you know, we just came through a season that welcomed new searchers into the church. Baptized Christians, confirmed Christians, Christians who have received their first Holy Communion on Easter Vigil. There are more men and women who are searching for the truth. Seek them out, find them, invite them into your church, into your, your relationship with Jesus. Invite them to mass, invite them to come on a search. 
your church will have something to provide instruction and prayer. You know where all of this happens? In adoration, in the Blessed Sacrament, our time in prayer. Pray for those who are searching that they will find the Holy Trinity. Our joy and our happiness will give eternal praise to the Father, through the Son, in the Holy Spirit. Amen. God be with you. Continue to call out to the Holy Trinity to bless us and to always lead us into his truth. Peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.